0: on this week of marketing mojo
1: if you're hearing a lot of drama and a lot of rooms that you don't necessarily want to see that means you're going into those rooms
0: welcome to the marketing mojo podcast i'm your host sajid islam this is the show where we introduce you to local small businesses who have made innovative changes during challenging times listen on to discover their stories celebrate their efforts and hear their advice on how to thrive as a small enterprise in the digital age Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's marketing show. Today, I have with me Lashon Kenley. She is the owner and slash CEO of a bohemian Afro-chic lifestyle and women's apparel brand called Sunday. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Lashon, welcome to the show. Could you please introduce yourself to our audience and give us a little bit background on who you are, what made you create this exciting brand?
1: Absolutely. So thanks for having me. My name is LaShawn. Um, I am the founder and CEO of SunGaz. As you wonderfully introduced, we are a bohemian, afro-chic lifestyle and women's apparel brand. So I started the company because I really wanted clothing that kind of fit my personality and style. Um, I really love the flowy aesthetics of women's apparel, and typically that's within like a bohemian type of style. So I really gravitated towards that. And when I would go to like, let's say, high school college back in the day i never saw those type of brands that had brown or black women as models within the stores and a lot of their clothing the color palette isn't necessarily for brown or darker skin hues it's mostly for lighter skin hues and mostly caucasian women so they would use a lot of pastel colors which is fine for us but Colors for us are really earth tone colors. That's what make brown and black skin look just like radiant. So that really made me want to take my learnings of how to sew and being starting as a seamstress and all of that during college. It really made me want to kind of pursue that career more. So in 2017, after talking to a lot of mentors, uh, I just really got the huge push to just go for it. Like stop talking about it and just go for it. So literally October 2017 is where we started all of our pop-ups. So 2018 was like our first strong first year. And then 2019, we got a partnership with the W as a residency um, here in the D.C. area to start doing luxury pop-ups um, in their location. So really cowed a pull of us to the forefront, allowing more people to see us and started our journey off. So I, I'm very appreciative. It's been a great movement.
0: Fabulous. I love that. Uh, now, you are you doing both men and women or just women clothing line?
1: So it's, we started off as Just Women. We are currently still doing Just Women as of now, but (laughs) I get so many men contacting the brand and emailing us about, and then family members (laughs) and their friends, just about like, hey, you know, my wife or my girlfriend or my sister or whoever, I see them wear your clothes. Do you have any clothing lines for men coming out? So this summer we will be starting, uh, it's going to be called Kingswear. So that will be our men's line for Sun Gods. So we'll be introducing that.
0: I love I love the name Kingswear. yeah so I asked this because I saw it on your website and your Instagram it's all about women which is great but you know we also have brown and dark skin
1: yes. <laughs> Especially- yes I know the men are all like we're interested in fashion too we like to look good too and I make clothes for my husband every now and then he he's a total total sports head but every now and again he's like can you make me this can you make me that um so I I make clothing for him and I started to make clothing for my brother so it's just natural it's, it's naturally it was going to progress into that and then we'll naturally get into like children's wear and stuff like that but to start it was all about the women <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. yeah you know that works but you know <laughs> your husband is a lucky guy okay <laughs> moving on you know so since we are still in the in the middle of the pandemic or you know maybe some would say we are towards the tail end of the pandemic depending on how you're looking at it but what I really wanted to do in this show is to understand how your business addressed the challenges that kind of you know was came up in front of us without notice and then how did you navigate around this whole challenge and what has changed
1: Yeah. So huge change, of course. You you didn't have a choice, but to, you know, kind of pivot with it. So back in, I would say, March, early to middle of March, we, myself, it's myself and three other seamstresses on the team. So we actually started off by helping a lot of the local hospitals in the area with creating face masks for them. And then naturally, as people start to get wind that you're creating face masks, they'll ask you to make some for them. Um, so that is what pushed a whole new line of face masks that we never, ever, I don't think anybody ever thought to start creating face masks for their retail business. So naturally, going from, you know, supporting our local community and hospitals for them, it transitioned into making fashionable face masks for our consumers because we all had to wear them and still have to. So going through that, that was the first major change is, you know, there's a, a new line that was introduced to our company that we did not plan on doing. And then there were other lines that we planned on kicking out and rolling out that It just made more sense to hold off because we were going through a huge change and people were going through a huge change. You know, there was over 45 million people and probably more than that now that it was on unemployment. So we really wanted to take into account the economic status of our country, what was going on, you know, just having that emotional intelligence as well to just make sure that we were doing the right thing for our community, for our consumers and then just globally um, in general. So that was the first big change, was introducing a new line, just kind of pivoting and seeing what our consumers' needs were, because it changed drastically. You know, no one wants to be in, or even no one is considering clothing <laughs> at this time because they're at home. So you don't need clothing that you wear out and about because there's lockdown, there's quarantining, there's all of those types of things. So we really had to transition that to say like, well, okay, what would they want to wear in the house? And then, you know, Zooms became a big thing. So it's kind of just like, well, what can we give them that makes them look professional, but still comfortable at home? So then it was like creating that new at-home loungewear, yet you can still look presentable on Zooms. So though we literally had to create a whole new line for that um, that we never really thought of doing before, because our line is mostly about, you know, clothing that you would definitely wear outside. So that was another new thing, and then on the marketing side of things, we really we were already an e-commerce business, so it wasn't that we had to transition anything online and all of that because we we started that way. So the one thing that was a huge hit for us was we couldn't no longer do the pop-ups at the W Hotel um, because they were closed for the most part, and they literally recently um, started to open back up. I think like 20 to 25% capacity this year, like last month. So there was a huge change in regards to working with a lot of, you know, the hospitality industry. We were working with the W Hotel. We started working with another couple of local hotels for like uh, goddess brunches and stuff like that. So we really couldn't do our women engagement events that we used to do to keep our community connected um, in person. So we had to figure out creative ways to bringing them that experience virtually. So literally that's what we did. We used Instagram. We used our email list to promote different virtual IG lives and Zoom gatherings that we could do. And that just kind of kept the connectivity between you know, the team and our consumer, which we call people of the sun. So it really allowed us to, to connect together. More recently on the marketing side was Clubhouse. So I don't know if you know, but Clubhouse is a new app. Of course, you know, it's marketing. <laughs> so Clubhouse is a new app. And with Clubhouse, it gave that other uh, source of connection because it's all about audio. So now you get that vibration of voice being bohemian and and us being interested within that world where we're so connected to being interactive with each other. So when we're losing that, you kind of lose that that sense of touch and um, connection with that person. So doing the lives and now we're on Clubhouse. So having the lives and Clubhouse, we actually use them together. So on Instagram live, you know, you can hear me speaking, but, and I can hear you, I can see you typing, but I can't We can't engage with each other. I can't really hear what you're saying, right, on IG Live. So we do Instagram, but we still use Clubhouse so that now I can hear you speaking and the team can hear you speaking and we can actually engage with you. So we can talk about different things within our community, like we do a lot of like chakras. So we'll talk about chakra alignments and well wellness for women and stuff like that. So now we can actually engage, right? We can hear you asking questions. We can respond back versus on IG Lives previously before Clubhouse. All you can do is see them typing in and respond back So you weren't getting their audio. They were just getting yours. So that's been a really great for the past two to three months way of kind of building more of a connection and more engagement with our community.
0: I love it. Now, I do. I'm going to come back to IG Live and Clubhouse because that's my, you know, Clubhouse has been my uh, social media of choice where I kind of spend most of my time these days. Yeah, (laughs) it's like the black hole, the new black hole. Before that, I want to ask you, like, you know, so have you seen a sales of your tops? Like, you know, because of the Zoom that you mentioned, are you selling more of your tops than you're selling like, you know, skirts and pants or suits or anything, or is it just across the board?
1: yeah so okay it kind of went in waves so in the beginning it was purely just face masks no one was even zooming or anything yet right so let's go back to this time last year so march to about like may it was just solely face masks because i think everyone was in a state of shock what is going on? We're in lockdown. We can't go anywhere. I don't want to wear anything. So, And then Zooms weren't that popular just yet because the businesses were like corporations were trying to figure out what to do as well, right? With putting everything online. So everything was face masks for a couple months. And then as we crept into spring, summer, I would say that end of May going into August timeframe, a lot of our head wraps, a lot of our still face masks, but head wraps and um, dresses. So not necessarily tops became a focal point, but it's kind of like I feel like it was more so what can I throw on? So, a dress is a one piece. So, what can I just throw on, look great, and be presentable on Zoom, as well as still feel comfortable around the house? So, dresses definitely kind of crept up around that spring, summer time frame. As we got into fall, winter season, it then transitioned into like our robes and our loungewear. So, like, we have these matching set loungewear, like, top shorts and top long pants that you can wear at home, but you can also, they're cute enough to wear outside, so you can kind of do both. So that really started to play its way into um, fall and winter, and pretty much till right now, too.
0: Love it. So coming back, what prompted you to go to Clubhouse and start talking to people over there, building an audience over there in addition to being on IG Live? I mean, was that natural progression or was it just out of, you know, hey, I just want to explore what happened there? Can you walk us through that?
1: Yeah. So a friend who actually knows a buyer at Target It's it's either at Target or Walmart. Clubhouse was more so for me in the beginning. I got on right before Christmas holiday time. So like all the time in the world started to creep up around that time. And they wanted me, it was more for business purposes. So less about the community and Sun Gods and more just about learning more about your business and marketing behind that and talking to other business owners. And then that transitioned into other owners wanting me to speak on their platforms. And then that transitioned to, hey, Sun Gods should, have our own club, right? Because you can do your own clubs in your own rooms and they just have to be approved. So I pitched for guys to have our own club slash room and about three weeks later, they approved it. So yeah, it, it really started as me wanting to learn more about other businesses and marketing tactics and what other people were doing. And that grew into God's having our own room and platform on the same space. But I still use it definitely to, you know, connect with other business owners and just kind of learn from them and speak with them and all of those things. It it is a black hole. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, I was like, you know, cleaning up, cleaning our driver this afternoon and I was listening to Clubhouse. That's how I, come. yes,
1: <laughs> I listen to it when I'm driving. I just, it, it's like, a, it's like podcasts, right? You just listen to it all the time.
0: Well, it's podcasting and better because you never know, you know, who is going to ask what question and how you're going to connect with someone else. So it's just like that FOMO factor is always there. And I've always I've been in rooms and I've always picked up a thing or two new that I didn't know, connected with people I didn't know before I would not have otherwise met, So, and I like it, like you said, you know, you're driving, so it's very passive. Uh, You don't have to watch a video. You don't have to scroll through the feed. So it's just a different type of of stuff. Now, with that, I want to ask you your opinion on Clubhouse. Some people are saying, hey, Clubhouse, especially business owners are saying Clubhouse is not worth there for too much noise. It's very, you know, limited time because once you are off the platform, you're off the platform, what are your early opinions? I mean, you know, we're still at the you know we are the early adopters. We are still using it. I would like to hear your opinions and kind of you know uh, see what you have to say.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's a double edged sword, just like anything else, like any other social media platform. Um, you have to use it towards your benefit. So literally, just like there's algorithms on you know every other platform, Facebook and Instagram, there's algorithms on this one too. So what you look at the most is what will populate within your quote unquote feed or um, home screen. So I really try to make sure. That everything that I'm going into is things that I want to consistently hear. So if you're hearing a lot of drama and a lot of rooms that you don't necessarily want to see, that means you're going into those rooms. So if you stop going into those rooms and literally start to go into areas where you want to see that type of content every day, I think you'll, or the viewer or the listener will be more fulfilled within what they're hearing, um, because that's the only way to see it. I mean, you're going to get some other things that you didn't request to be on your feed, but for the most part, I would say maybe 75. 80% of what you're going to be hearing are all things that you wanted to hear. And then they also added something to where it's like an interest area and you can populate like what your interests are. So like if I like wellness and then if I like tarot or if I like chakras, if I like good living and nutrition, I can click on all those things as my interests, and it will start to populate that that type of theme um, within my feed. So I think it's a double-edged sword.
0: So one quick question. Uh, How are you doing IG Live and Clubhouse at the same time? Are you using two different phones or is there a software that allows you to do both at the same time? Yeah,
1: you definitely have to have two different phones.
0: (laughs) One phone is like you're just IG Live on, on this end and then the other one you're like talking into Clubhouse and you're taking questions and you're responding to it and it's just IG Live is running.
1: Exactly. So like I'll have, um, we have an events coordinator, so I'll have her set up with, uh, we have a ton of different like ring lights. (laughs) So I'll have her set up one for IG Live on one ring light, and then we'll have the other one for um, Clubhouse and then literally it'll go like that. So the great thing is that your only one is visual, so you don't have to worry about two different angles. You know what I mean? So the one that you want people to see will typically be the one in front of you, Instagram, and then the other one you can have anywhere just as long as it's close enough to pick up the audio. Okay,
0: cool. And in terms of marketing, I mean, you touched on, you know, you're doing IG Lives, you're doing email marketing, you're doing virtual events, is there any, and Clubhouse, of course. Is there anything else that you're doing in terms of, are this all organic reach or are you doing any paid campaigns, anything else in that area?
1: I think it's great to do both. So we do organic outreach, um, which is, of course, all of the, well, I'll say this, using social media, we do do paid ads through Facebook. So, you know, Facebook owns Instagram. So Facebook, Instagram uh, ads. Um, that's our paid ads. Um, We do email marketing um, and retargeting emails and stuff like that to try to keep engagement and increase revenue. Using Instagram, because they pretty much don't allow you to see the consumers and followers that you work so hard to get, we start using direct message to our favor, right? So we'll put in things that we're promoting or top sellers or, hey, have you checked your newsletters lately? Um, We'll literally go through all of our followers and direct message them. It's more time consuming, but it's actually a little bit more fruitful because then you're actually getting to people and having them see, which they'll say like, Oh, I didn't even see that. I didn't see that post. I didn't see that story. So sometimes it's actually like, instead of just using direct message to communicate to if they message you, like reach out to them with that type of marketing material, or just to like check in and say, Hey, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And it's actually been very, very helpful for us to convert some people into sales.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't even think of it. That's a great strategy. Now, I have to ask this, how big is your team that you're doing this? I mean, are you, is it just like you have a 10 people sitting in there and just sending messages or is just like a very small team that is just figuring out, being resourceful and figuring out what to do?
1: Yes, it's literally being resourceful. It's a team of four of us and two to three of us. It's one person who's dedicated to the marketing and then myself and then another person kind of jump in in between because like I said, those direct messages can take out... <laughs> a lot of time. We have like 4,000 followers right now. So just kind of going through all of those could be a lot. Um, But we kind of target people who are typically engaging with us the most. So for instance, on our IG lives, Wendy on our team who does the marketing, she will take snapshots of names because when you end your IG live, it only tells you the amount of people that was on the live, but you can't see who they were. So throughout the IG live, Wendy will literally take snapshots of names so that we can send follow up thank yous to them, but as well retarget those people for future IG lives because nine times out of ten, they might want to be on around the same time. And then also those who comment on the photos from the IG live that day will follow up with them so that we can retarget them for other lives as well as for whatever we were promoting within that IG live. So it just kind of helps us to get as much data and intel as possible, but we are a team of four.
0: (laughs) Folks listening to this podcast, that this itself is gold, right? it's a- <laughs> LaShawn, I don't know if she meant to drop this gold nugget or not, but she did. So make sure you do this. If you're, ha- if you're on IG Live, get someone to snapshot the screen and find the people <laughs> who are on it. And, you know, they are your top followers. Thank you, mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> moving on. I'm feeling excited right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's talk about TikTok. I know you recently just started building a brand or building an you know channel over there why tiktok and what are your early opinions there as well
1: yeah so at first i was like okay we're not going to sit here and dance all day on tiktok we're not going to do that like we don't do that on our TikTok. I was like, how can we use TikTok to just serve us the best? And we know that a lot of our younger consumers are on there, but actually it's kind of like the youth has got have gotten like their older sisters and uncles and aunts on it as well because of the dance culture. So a lot of our consumers are on all of these apps and especially now converting over to being on TikTok a lot. So we wanted to get on TikTok because on the business side of things, Facebook wasn't allowing because of copywriting issues choose um, music to be on your stories. And we really need that engagement of music, like because it helps to bring the whole like campaign and all of those things to life, right? If you're just looking at photos, it just doesn't help, right? And when you're videoing, sometimes the audio might be lower or higher than needed. So you might not necessarily wanna use the music within that particular video. So the way that we wanted to incorporate TikTok was to use that the fact that the, you could play music and it be balanced um, with our videos. So we would record and do video shoots and photo shoots and then put that on TikTok and put the right music to it that would best convey the emotion of the campaign. And then we would save it and upload it on on um, our IG stories or on the feed, mostly within IG stories, because we just didn't want that TikTok watermark all over our feed. But now I don't know if you heard Instagram is kind of like starting to regulate. If you have a TikTok watermark, they're they're putting your content at the bottom. So you might not want to do that. We don't want to do that any longer. But the great part is Instagram smartened up by saying, okay, all of these people are going to TikTok to use the Pretty much the music portion of the app. Let's just give them some music. So you can't use like well known artists like Ariana or, you know, Ariana Grande or Beyonce or anyone like that. You can't use their songs. It won't even populate, but they'll give you kind of like new up and coming music that you can use. That's pretty good. Um, and we've been using that lately. So then now we won't be like, our stuff won't get put to the bottom in regards to people viewing our content because of a TikTok watermark. So we kind of got over that part by, Using their new up and coming artist music. So now you'll, on businesses, you'll have a music option in which you didn't have before. I think you have to have over at least 2,500 followers. So 2,500 followers to get it, but at least it's helpful to give you some music.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, this is great. So you were on TikTok. How long has it been that since you started uh, publishing on TikTok?
1: I think it's might I think it may be like four months or five months now. We're very it's very, very new that we were using TikTok.
0: Oh, in this day and age, four months is like 40 years. It's like, <laughs> like kind of True. <laughs> okay. Uh, so are you excited to be on plat on that platform? I mean, like you touched on, like, you know, everyone has a father, mother, or an elder brother, sister, cousin, someone. So how has the engagement been? I mean, you know, anything you can share there, that'd be great.
1: Yeah. So in the very beginning, I would say maybe for the first month or two, we actually were making it private because we didn't want to have a TikTok because we weren't dancing. (laughs) And I totally was just looking at it as a dance app. But then I was like, okay, you know, we have to actually there's something with the music that you can actually lower certain music. So it has two audio volumes. I don't know if you looked into TikTok in this way before, but there's two Audio volumes, and it can be original audio and then new audio. So you can put in a very popular song, um, like any any of those challenges that they're doing. Right, use that song and lower the volume. That gives you all the traction in regards to people will go to your video because your song will still populate under that popular song, but you won't hear that song within your video. You'll hear whatever music you want to you want the viewer to hear so that's been really helpful Um, we literally just started doing that for the past probably three or so weeks and we've noticed that we got like probably 200 plus more people viewing that particular video so before we were getting like when we first started it was like 50 to 60 and now it's like 400 to 500 Um, and i think it's mostly because of using a popular song Like people will click on it just to hear like what's going on and then they'll either follow or they'll go to our Instagram page because we link it um, in regards to our handle. So that's been working nicely for us.
0: Okay, great. So this brings us to this question where, you know, I've checked, I've looked at your Instagram and I wanted to ask you what strategies do you use to stay inspired and generate all this creative content that you're putting out there?
1: Yeah, I think what mostly inspires us is um, definitely just the aesthetic of our clothing, of course, and our culture, what's currently going on. So it's kind of a mixture of those, you know, we don't want to just solely only post about our clothing right um, we want to make sure that we're also giving things that's about our community so we'll post crystals and their meanings we'll post you know things that are currently going on that might be affecting our community and how we can help one another for instance Texas is a huge culture Well, not culture is a huge area of ours in regards to demographic and we wanted to make sure that we're we posted something in regards to you know the power outage and not having any type of water and some of their water is contaminated so we just wanted to post something in regard like our I think our latest post literally is talking about just the protection and healing of them that we're looking out we posted some links in our stories of how people if you're seeking to support them and help them anyway how you can do so and donate so just things like that it's kind of like we'll have it set up for our clothing and promotional stuff and and you know things that pertain to our community but we also leave space for if anything kind of random happens that is out of our control such as something like this or a pandemic or, you know, Black Lives Matter and things that were going on last year. So yeah.
0: Thank you. So what advice would you give to a small business owner who is just beginning to use social media or just unsure if social media is going to bring them the fruits of their hard labor?
1: Yeah, the advice I would give is you have to go in the mediums and use the mediums that your audience is using. Everybody is on social media. Um, that includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like all of those. Um, LinkedIn too. I think some people kind of forget about LinkedIn and how you can use that to your advantage, but more so on the social media side. Definitely you have to use what how people are consuming their content and that's the way. <laughs> so I would definitely use it.
0: So this brings us to the last question, uh, which is what's your biggest takeaway for your business from this pandemic? I mean, what did you learn? What would be the advice to other small business owner out there who are probably unsure uh, what they should do? They should continue on this journey of entrepreneurship or if they should like, you know, seek some other solution. What are your parting thoughts?
1: Yeah, I would say one thing I learned for sure is that we can survive. (laughs) If we can survive a pandemic, we're good to go. We can survive pretty much anything from here on out. But definitely that just know your consumer and be passionate and educated in what And what you're doing and what you're putting out there, Um, because when you're when you're knowledgeable about your brand and your service or product that you're putting out there, it's extremely helpful to get you over any type of humps. But when you're passionate about it, it gets you through the tough days and just know who you're marketing to, because if you don't know the demographic, then you don't know the persona. You don't know the person that you're speaking to. How can you create content if you don't know? the content that you're the person who you're creating the content for. So just know those things and then just keep learning and keep excelling and just don't give up. If you really love it, you see the vision, don't give up.
0: You know, I think I I lied when I said this was the last question, because I have to, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) You have to forgive me for, you know, breaking what But I do have to ask this question before we drop off is a lot of, I see a lot of uh, business owners, uh, they start business and not knowing who they're talking to. What is that one advice would you give them? How did you find who you are talking to? Or how did you know who your customers are?
1: Yeah. So with Sun Guides, I'm the lead designer. I create all of the looks and then the other to just basically replicate the looks I design. And when I'm designing, I think of, and before I even started the company, I thought of the person that I would be selling these these items to. And that is my go-to, that Bohemian woman culture. She's within the African diaspora, you know, and she will enjoy these things, you know? So that is the person that I was targeting. And it kind of developed and grew throughout that as, as you actually talk to people, as you talk to your customer, as you talk to the people who are on your Instagram, like we get more and more intel through that, through emails and all of that. Um, so I think just knowing that person allows us to say like, oh, like I already know I'm not going to make anything that is in a palette that I know is not going to be well received by the consumer. I'm not going to put anything out that's going to go against any of our cultural or, or moral ethics. Like I just know that in my, in our consumers and the people who follow us, Appreciate that, and that's why they follow us. So, I think that just knowing the person of who you're putting your services out to, and who you're putting your products out to, and what their needs and wants are, and making sure that that aligns with your brand like, that's how you continuously grow with your consumer.
0: Okay, already. Well, that was the end of this show. Thank you so much for making the time to be here, LaShawn. It was great talking to you.
1: Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for tuning into The Marketing Mojo. It was a pleasure to serve you all and share the story of a resilient small business. Hit the subscribe button so that you receive a notification every time we release a new episode.